0: Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to equip you with the knowledge and tools you need to make lasting changes in your health. Society has trained us to think that Western medicine is the answer to long-term health, but this approach only treats symptoms and never addresses the root cause. Without a new approach, our community will experience unnecessary sickness and suffering. We teach the functional health model to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life. My name is Paige, and I'm a certified holistic health coach. I'm joined by my co host, Dr. Alex Arguello, doctor of chiropractic and functional health practitioner. Join us as we unpack some of the most pressing health challenges facing our community today. Welcome back to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Today we are starting a new series on pregnancy health. And this is something that Dr. Alex has seen a theme in his clients where they're either in their childbearing years and having children, or they're in their, they're done with that, but they're now having some health concerns related to that. And so we wanted to just dive into a lot of different topics related to pregnancy, including things you can do before, during, after that all relate to just having a healthier body as the mother. And so this is actually really relevant for me. I'm in my second trimester. When we originally planned on doing this pregnancy series, I wasn't pregnant yet and didn't even plan on being pregnant during it. But um, (laughs) life happens and here we are 23 weeks pregnant. So I will definitely be learning a lot myself from this series. So I'll turn it over to you to talk about pregnancy and the whole process and then some of the common issues that you see in your client's postpartum.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like you said, it's most of the people that I work with have either had children in their life or they are just kind of getting into having children like yourself, or maybe even they want to have children, but they're figuring out how to get healthy um, before that happens. Um, So it's just a a huge topic for so many people. And on top of that, even people that I haven't worked with, but maybe listen to the podcast or people that we would love to listen to the podcast. It's kind of people in our community. Um, so many people are having babies. <laughs> in <our community>. so <laughs> Yeah. We something. felt like it was a big topic to hit on. Yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. So what I wanted to do um, before we even get into um, most common issues that I see, and there's not a ton of them. Um, I think I have three. Maybe I'll think of some others as we're going through this. But um, I want to just kind of set the scene for the postpartum phase or what one author I read uh, refers to as the fourth trimester um, of pregnancy because that right after um, delivery of, of a child is a huge um, time for mom um, to, to really rest and recover from, from everything they've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm kind of setting the stage for is why that's necessary, right? Why, why can't a woman just really get back into normal life? Um, so here we go. Women now live their lives in an, in an industrial society, or you can even add to that technology-driven society. Um, so with that, like we talk about all the time on this podcast, comes a lot of stressors. Right? When, we, when we mean stressors, we're saying physical stressors, obviously, chemical stressors, mental, emotional stressors, all come into these um, women's life. And, and we've talked a lot about that in, in, in different shows. But here's kind of a list of all of them. Processed food, so many women, um, that's kind of the makeup of their diet. Eat a lot of processed foods. Toxic personal care products. Toxic cleaning products. Most, um, not just women, but most people in the United States are sedentary. They sit most of their day instead of being active, having active jobs. We have busy lives. We're on our phones all the time, um, which allows us to have access to just input nonstop into our brains. There's always something coming into our brains. Very rarely is our brains able to our brains able to rest and relax. Um, and this stresses us out. Stresses us out through watching the news, wondering what's happening. Maybe in other parts of the world, wondering what's happening in our community, um, other people's hardships that we see on things like social media. Social mm-hmm. media also leads us to things like envy and coveting other people's lives because we'll we'll sit on and look at a screen and compare our lives to what you know somebody's Instagram profile says about their life and yeah. just assume that it's so much better and a life that we may want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of that kind of comes together and causes us not to sleep very well. Yeah. So so many people I think struggle with with poor sleep. So that's kind of the the stage that for um, women before they even think about getting pregnant, right? When they grow up as a child, that's how they're growing up. All of those kind of stressors coming at them. And now uh, they get into the reproductive or potentially childbearing years. And all of those stressors start this cascade of things like hormonal issues, starts gut issues, um, inflammation issues, neurological issues, all of the issues that we've talked about again right. on this podcast, plenty blood sugar stuff. All of those things are just with a woman right now. Some of them have done a good job of, of maybe mitigating some of those things. Maybe some of them are just genetically um, better able to handle all of those stressors coming in. Their bodies are better able to adapt or maybe they have maybe they've stayed away from personal care, toxic personal care products, or maybe they actually eat a fairly healthy diet. Um, so they, they deal with some of those stressors a lot better than other women. But for the most part, most of these women have these stressors coming in their life. And then th- now they have all of these hormonal and blood sugar and gut and inflammatory issues happening. And uh, then they want to get pregnant,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: which is a blessing, right? It's a privilege. It's a joy, all the positive things that we would want to say yeah. um, about new life happening in the womb. But mm-hmm. when a woman gets pregnant, it's also a significant impact on the woman's body, yeah. right? In the form of Physical and you could even say emotional, mental stressors that come into a woman's life. There, another human being is actually growing inside of a person.
0: Craziest body. thing, <laughs> my
1: is, husband
0: literally last night, just for the first time with this pregnancy, felt the like a really strong kick, and we just looked at each other and started nuts. laughing. Like, yeah. it's so weird. It is, it's a cra- it is definitely
1: <laughs> one of the craziest things that, that happens, yeah, you know. Um. So, but that what's happening is, so a human being is growing inside of a woman's body and that's not disconnected from the woman in any way, right? The way that this process works is the woman's body has to get taken from in order to make um, the baby, right? right? In order to create uh, a a new human being. And that happens amazingly uh, without any doctor's help. That happens without any scientist's help, right? happens without anybody's help. There's just something innate inside this woman's body that knows that this baby is supposed to grow. And
0: how to put together all of the little organs and all of everything. It's the wildest thing. Yeah. So
1: there's something, you know, that we can't that we can't don't really understand, right? Yeah. There's something non-material that's happening there that we don't really understand, but there's there's physical, there's material things that are happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this all taxes um, the woman's body. So, the way this process is designed is the mom's body gives the baby everything in terms of resources. So think nutrients, think hormones, think blood, water. All of these things are being passed from mom into the baby's because that baby's taking everything that it needs to survive. That baby's taking everything it needs to grow and everything it needs to develop um, properly to be ready to come out into this world as a as a functioning human being, right? Which even when baby comes out, it's still reliant on mom in yeah. many ways, but um, it's ready to survive outside of the womb. Mm-hmm. That's a huge process that's, again, very taxing to, to a woman's body. That's all great for the baby, right? That's what the baby needs. Right. Um, but where does it, where does it leave mom? It yeah. leaves her kind of in a nutrient depleted, totally. right? Uh-huh. Dehydrated most of the time, hormonally and a definitely at least a different place than she was, um, going into pregnancy. So there's all, again, these changes and stuff that's happening in mom. So over the course of these 40 weeks or so, um, baby's growing and growing and more and more is taken from mom, more and more is taken from mom. She's growing and growing to prepare for baby's growth, um, hormonally. She's changing ligaments and things are changing, getting more lax. She's getting more uncomfortable. All of these things happen. And now you get into what some women think are the biggest deal of this whole process, which is labor and delivery. Absolutely. Yeah. Which uh, I know that there's a lot of, I remember when Emily first, uh, maybe not with Tatum, our first child, but as we kind of started to study this a little more and get into it and and realize that we, we wanted to start doing home births. We started to watch some videos and um, just DVDs at the time. That's how (laughs) long ago it was. Um, About um, basically just having a a peaceful birth or like a a birth that you would enjoy. Um, So we would watch these things, and I mean there was definitely some things to them, some things that we took, but. That's more than likely not going to be the case for everybody. Like labor and delivery is is a stress. It's it's a stressor to the woman, right? It's very very difficult. So Mm -hmm. there's anxiety that goes into it, right? You don't really know. I mean, you can again watch DVDs. You can be told by your mom. You can be told by your friends. This is what you can expect, but. Until you have a child, you don't really know what to expect. Right. And then even if it's your second child, you know what to expect. and It's
0: still it's <laughs> different. It's different. Yeah. And
1: it's like, oh, man, I know what I'm getting into now. So mm-hmm. that brings its whole, you know, other forms of, again, stressors. So there's totally. anxiety. There's uncertainty. Of course, y- you mentioned pain. There's just, just discomfort, um, strain, right? You're, you're using muscles, right? You are activating energy systems in order for, for delivery to, to actually happen, which then leads to exhaustion you know, at the end of, depending on how long your labor was, how long your delivery was, um, and all of that brings with it, (coughs) excuse me, all of these hormonal cascades that that happen. And then hopefully um, baby does come out um, fine, no issues, um, because if we got into interventions and um, prolonged labor and delivery and those things, that would add even more stressors. Um, But let's say it's more of a natural birth. But again, thinking back, you have kind of where woman started, Um, of just the environment that we're in with um, kind of standard American lifestyle that we all live. And then you go through this growing a baby process for those 40 weeks and all the stressors that come with that. And now you went through this huge stress of labor, labor and delivery. Um, And then you get to this postpartum phase having went through all of that. um, And you get to now have a time where there's a lot of things that are good, right? It's especially right after um, delivery. There's joy, right? There's um, you're glad it's over, the pregnancy phase, right? You're glad that labor and delivery is over. So there's a lot of positive things that happened. Um, but remember, to get you through all this stuff, there was a lot of cortisol that was released. There was a lot of adrenaline that was released. There was mm-hmm. things like endorphins that were released. Um, And again, if it was some interventions, maybe even some medications that your body um, had taken in, Mm -hmm. um, which is all, again, fine, necessary to to get you to where you needed to go. Um, But then all you have to do is adjust to very little sleep and a baby that needs you for everything (laughs) in their life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where women are at.
0: It just amazed or um, always amazes me how labor can be so long and like draining and then you just kind of once you have the baby you forget that you're even tired because you're just like well obviously you want to sleep but then it's like you're up every couple hours anyway Mm -hmm. you don't get a full night's sleep but somehow it's okay and you adjust and it's just like weird crazy how the body knows to do that you know
1: body is amazing yeah. body's amazing body can adapt because i mean we i didn't i mean i spent a little bit of time on it just kind of that environment that a woman um grows up in and just all the stressors but if the body wasn't resilient if it wasn't hardy, right if it couldn't adapt then all of those things would have taken the life of a, of a woman before they would ever get yes. to, to having a child right right so again the body is yeah absolutely amazing but there's still consequences to mm-hmm. to all of that stuff yeah um and i think um there's so much, but pretty much I tried to summarize it as best I could. That's what's led to so many women now getting to their postpartum phase um, and having young children or just even a young child and then having all of these health issues that are yeah. happening, all of these struggles that are happening. But like like we just mentioned, the body is resilient, and you know it's kind of cultural to... Um, Back life, yeah. right? get back into life, get back into life and do what you're supposed to be doing as a mom, do what you're supposed to be doing as a, as a wife, do what you're supposed to be doing. If you um, have a job as an employee, um, there's just so much that's expected, yes. expected of women. And, uh,
0: even within the first few weeks, like my midwife for my last pregnancy, it was a lot easier cause she was my first child, but was very, very much emphasized the first two weeks, you pretty much need to be waited on hand and foot, like don't leave the bed. The first week um, she said, don't even walk up and down the stairs. And the first two weeks really just don't leave the house. Like you just like have people come to you and it's Mm -hmm. okay. And don't feel the pressure to go start, restart your life. And then, so that was easy for me having only one child and, you know, but now I, it seems a lot more intimidating to think of having to do that. Two children and yep. also seeing just like all the demands of life and seeing other moms who just have a baby like already, you know, up and at the grocery store or something yeah. like that a yeah. week later. It's just like, oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. And, and I think so. And, and maybe maybe this um, the who you're referring I know that was just kind of a generalization, but whoever you're referring to there has done a good job of everything that we're talking about, right? So they have prepared their body. Well, they are fairly healthy going into pregnancy. They had a healthy pregnancy. Labor and delivery wasn't too taxing on them. Mm -hmm. They've had experience of having other children. So they kind of know what they needed as far as recovery and, and then their body's ready to, to go in and kind of take on life again sooner than you would think. Mm -hmm. But, um, it also could be that because of the culture that we live in and the expectations that are put on, on to all of us, um, that they are just masking what's mm-hmm. really happening with them and they, they try to jump into and then just mentally they can kind of be tough enough to go back into life and get mm-hmm. back into things that they think are, are important to be doing. Um, but then that's why I see all of these things happening with, with women. Right, so right. To jump into to some of this, and we won't spend a ton of time on these, um, there's not too much to say. I think it's probably pretty self-explanatory what, what's happening here. Um, but then in the follow-up shows, what we'll do is we'll, we're going to kind of try to dive into each stage of this. So, um, what can you be doing prior to getting pregnant as far as establishing a healthy lifestyle, healthy environment to be living in? hopefully for an extended period of time before you even think about having, having a child. And then what can you do during pregnancy to stay healthy as possible? And then ha- going into labor and delivery, um, potentially even, so you mentioned your midwife, potentially even getting some expert um, opinion on, on some of that, of wh- what, what that looks like to, to make sure it goes well for mom and baby. Um, and then if you get to postpartum, maybe even some things you can do to prevent some of this stuff even in the postpartum phase, um, but maybe you're here already, um, what can you do? can you do now? So we're going to, I don't know how many shows that's going to be, but <laughs> we're going to dive into a lot of that, a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that I see um, is, and I'm just going to put postpartum in front of all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, postpartum fatigue is, is one of the big things that I, that I see. Um, and, and it's not, you mentioned resting, right? So for the two weeks or whatever, um, whatever a, a woman needs, but I'm talking more so than just being tired or exhausted. Right. And I think this more of a proper term here. Um, that I'm looking at on my computer is called postnatal depletion. Mm. So that's more of what we're talking about, right? Remember all the resources that it took yeah. um, to, to make baby. Yeah. Um, it's actually a real, real syndrome that happens with women coming out of pregnancy is they're just depleted of everything, right? They're depleted of all the things that are required to, for their brain to function. They're depleted of all the things that require for their body just to create energy and allow them their, their bodies to function throughout the day. Um, so all of that kind of summarized as fatigue, that's mental fatigue, that's emotional fatigue, that's physical fatigue. Um, women just kind of sit in that, and, and, and unfortunately, they they're think that that's normal um, to, to, to have. Maybe they were even like that, somewhat like that prior to pregnancy, and then going into pregnancy, now they're kind of over the edge, right? They've hit that threshold where they're not getting, they're not getting any energy back, so they have very low energy. Um, throughout the day and it would be an extended period of time right beyond Mm -hmm. maybe that two weeks that you're talking about this is man um combine that with still lack of sleep probably
0: exactly I was just thinking that with dealing with a newborn baby yep and then they just can't catch up Mm -hmm. right so sleep
1: is more than likely um probably one of the most important things that they would need but they're in a time where that's probably not going to be able to
0: happen just not realistic yeah Yeah,
1: not realistic and it's not just sleep like sleep can't give you nutrients back into your body Mm, right mm -hmm, sleep sleep can't get you hydrated again right so all of those things um are also necessary and then especially if a woman's nursing um they're being taken from again (laughs) it's (laughs) never ending (laughs) (laughs) that's how it it feels sometimes especially if
0: you are nursing and then you find out you're pregnant again. It's yeah. like, when do I get my body back to exactly. myself? Exactly,
1: exactly. And, and again, just so back to stuff that we always try to hit on as far as the functional health approach. Um, when, when there's a health issue, so fatigue and the lack of energy, tired all the time, those type of things, these things are not normally how the human body supposed to be. Right. The human body is supposed to come up against a stressor, and again, hopefully you're not hearing us say that all pregnancy is, is a stressor. That's not what we're saying, but right. when we're thinking about a physical, mental, emotional health of a woman, it is a form of a stressor. Um, but then they just think, okay, that's just how it's gonna be. This is how I'm gonna, this is how I'm gonna live. Um, and then again, if you were to go into the medical approach, there would be some type of form of kind of treating that, that particular symptom of fatigue and um, brain fog, those type of things. But there's always a cause to, to whatever it is, and that's what we would want to try to find with the functional health approach. And, mm-hmm. and um, not to say that pregnancy was a cause. Pregnancy, more than likely, again, was kind of the last straw potentially to get you to where you're at. But it was all those things that pregnancy brought, like a deficiency of nutrients and hormonal cascades that, that are so imbalances of hormones. Um, lack of um, sleep and rest and all of those things. So we got to try to address those things if if a woman's ever going to get better. And that's one of the more important things that has to happen with this um, postpartum fatigue is is figuring out what is actually leading to your fatigue. Is it primarily hormonal? Is it blood sugar? Is it anemia? Because you lost a lot of blood. Mm. Is it um, just nutrient depletion? Um, We wouldn't want to try to figure all that stuff out Mm -hmm. and, and try to address those things.
0: How do you separate like this specific postpartum fatigue issue from just general new mom being tired and lack of sleep like what's the differentiator between this is really a problem versus this is just how your life kind of your new life is with the baby
1: yeah well I mean there's always testing there's always like nutrient deficient testing Mm -hmm. Um, there's always like neurotransmitter um, type testing just to see if there's kind of deficiency in those type of things there's always um, the Dutch test that we mentioned before, before to see if there's um, h- hormonal imbalances or um, adrenal hormone imbalances, those type of things, lack of communication between the brain and those and those organs. There's thyroid testing to see if you're low on thyroid. So there's testing to, to be able to kind of say, okay, no, this is this is a more significant problem than j- just you coming off of, of pregnancy, um, but, but before we would even get into those things, which again, those things can be expensive, especially if I, if you were to do all of those tests that <laughs> I mentioned, Right. Um, just kind of asking them how they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Just telling them to, asking them to be honest mm-hmm. um, with how they're doing. Do you think this is just kind of normal um, fatigue because you're not sleeping very well? Or do you think like this is something different than maybe you've ever felt yeah. Uh, before? Yeah. Um, and you just can't. So if it, if it's more than just a normal or common fatigue from um, a mother just going through pregnancy and then having some lack of sleep with with, um, baby, there'll be times when they do feel good, right? There'll be times when they actually have some energy. But if if there's no times that they're having energy and if they're just not able to really enjoy, which kind of leads us into the next one, enjoy what's happening with Mm -hmm. new baby, then we would know that there's a, a more significant significant problem yeah so that next thing is is postpartum depression or, mm. or you can throw anxiety in there too yeah um huge one and, and again it's just a back. it's a baby taking from mom typically that happens here yes um i actually haven't read it yet but somebody sent me um a, an article that said i can't remember um if it was how big the study was, but they did some sort of study. Maybe it was like a meta-analysis of all the studies that have been done on serotonin's connection to depression. And the title of the article was serotonin, or depression has no connection to serotonin, which is exactly what the medical approach has been for whatever the last 25 years is um, taking serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So focusing on serotonin, that it's the brain doesn't have enough serotonin being active in the brain and that's why a person's depressed. So they give them these medication to kind of mitigate some of that. Mm-hmm. Well, this article is saying there's no connection to between serotonin and, and, oh, that. Wow. Um, but I would say when a woman does have these, um, kind of postpartum depression, anxiety type stuff, at least clinically, mm-hmm. if I were to give them some things to support serotonin, um, the function of serotonin, uptake of serotonin, then there is a change, mm-hmm. um, with these, with these women. So, um, at least clinically, I've, I, I don't know that I would 100% agree with that article. I know what that article is saying, but um, and the reason I'm saying that is back to this depletion thing, right? Mm. There's tr- neurotransmitter changes, which serotonin is a neurotransmitter. Um, there's um, hormonal changes. There's blood sugar dysregulation. There's all of these things that lead to brain being inflamed or brain being deficient. So you can think toxicity or deficiency, toxic with just inflammatory molecules that are not supposed to necessarily be there in high amounts um, that's what leads to the, the symptom of actual depression, um, and anxiety. Yeah. And then, yeah, you, they just continue to be taken from, they continue to have lack of sleep. They continue mm-hmm. to, um, maybe even have things that they're nervous about, anxious about, like maybe nursing Absolutely. isn't going well. Right. Um, maybe they're like, Oh man, now I have this baby and what, <laughs> how do I do this? Yes. How do I actually be a mom? There's all of these things that yeah, baby can could be
0: it. super clingy and frustrating yeah. Yeah. and just weren't ready for that
1: clinging and frustrating or, or maybe the, the baby's actually experiencing colic and things like that yeah, to where the they're
0: having problems themselves and yeah
1: yep so that brings a lot um, yeah. into again mom's life so depression anxiety postpartum is a is a huge thing um and then the last thing would be actually thyroid concerns Okay. so and i think this is probably because most women of childbearing um years especially if they've grown up in that whole process that i talked about in sure. the beginning. Um, already probably have some form of a thyroid issue. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember back to our podcast series on thyroid, there's just so many ways that the thyroid can be negatively affected. Yeah. Um, so they probably had some of that coming in, but then um, pregnancy just kind of again puts them over the edge. Um, it stresses their body so much that mm-hmm. thyroid gets m- most of the time um, you would have hypothyroidism. so whether that's the conversion issue that we talked about or um, a hormonal issue that leads to so sex hormonal issue that leads to thyroid issues, um, an inflammatory issue, or um, most commonly is the the autoimmunity of Hashimoto's thyroiditis, um, which I know we didn't hit on a ton in that series, um, but there's just something about, um, the changes that happen during pregnancy that make a woman more susceptible to autoimmunity. Um, and with women more, most commonly, it's a autoimmunity to the thyroid. Um, so thyroid starts to happen with thyroid comes fatigue with thyroid comes depression, lack of motivation with thyroid can become that you're cold and, um, and your hands and feet all over. Um, with thyroid just, just, can affect all kind of other hormones. It can affect your adrenal hormones, sex hormones, um, can make you more susceptible to just being d- uncomfortable and, and and in pain um there's just so much affects your digestion in a huge way yeah. um, which is extremely important because now you're not eating for yourself, you're eating for two mm-hmm. right you're eating to provide for baby yeah um so the thyroid brings a, a huge makes a huge cause a huge problem for for women postpartum mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yeah. I would say those are probably the three big ones that I see and they're that kind of been. all kind of interrelated um so yeah we got to somehow end on something. I was going to say, where
0: are we going (laughs) to go from here? We can't just like, well, see you next time. (laughs) Right, right, right.
1: No, so yeah, good news would be um, because all of these things have a cause, right? Very rarely is pregnancy, like when I say it's kind of the last straw or you you hit a threshold with it, is it, oh, now you've went beyond recovery. Right. Right. That's not the case. It kind of puts you into the place where, okay, the body can't really adapt very well. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have all of these symptoms because it's really trying to figure it out. So there just needs to be a time of allowing the body to, number one, get out of this stressful environment and get back into a a more peaceful environment, a more recovery type of environment. But then you just have to give everything back to the woman that she lost, Mm -hmm. um, at least as well as as we know what she lost, right? things that we can assume were given to baby, things like omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D, and fixing blood sugar. Um, all of those things are actually are important. Um, and we're going to
0: talk in future episodes about what you can do to set yourself up for better health in pre-pregnancy. Also, if you're actually pregnant what you can do and then if you're in the postpartum or you've already had kids yeah
1: yeah and i think um, what we were talking about yesterday when we were meeting about this is most of the shows are going to be that like okay Mm -hmm. here's how you stay healthy generally right Mm -hmm. here's the lifestyle things here here's things that you need to kind of over support even as you're growing a baby Um, instead of like maintenance mode of support of things you know you probably need to overdo it with these things because you're going to be losing a lot of it yeah but then you're going to be coming in and just based off of some of your experience and um, maybe some of like these more niche things like prenatal massages mm-hmm. and, you know, just things that maybe you've done or you've heard people do during pregnancy just to make things go well and, yeah. and be more comfortable. We'll right. kind of be mixing in some of that. too. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. yeah. And if you guys have any topics or questions or anything like that that you want us to cover, definitely let us know. We'd be happy to answer those questions. And we hope that you are excited for this series and that you can maybe share this with someone who is pregnant, planning to get pregnant or is in that postpartum period and maybe having some of these issues. So with that, we will talk to you next time.